You're listening to Penguin Tracks on 89.5 KOPN Columbia. On the phone with me is author Nancy E. Head. She wrote the book Restoring the Shattered. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a, an English teacher, and I am very involved in my community. I have 10 grandchildren, and oh. I'm awaiting the arrival of my second great-grandchild. Oh, wow. Tell us about your book, Restoring the Shattered. Well, Restoring the Shattered started out as a discussion of the denominations and how we frequently misunderstand each other mm-hmm. and went into what our authentic disagreements are. And then I wove my personal story into it, how people from different denominations helped our family when we were at our lowest point, mm-hmm. and it was that church at large, that coming together, that really made the difference for us, and that walked with us from dependence to independence, and that that really made the difference. So the book is this discussion of the different gener- of the different denominations, as I said, mm-hmm. and it also is a discussion of what we need to do to lift people out of poverty. What works, what doesn't work, and where the church can succeed where the government frequently will fail. Mm-hmm. Um, an example would be when uh, I went back, I was working part-time at a bank at, at, as a bank teller, uh, honestly not the best bank teller ever. I had a tendency to transpose numbers. It's not... Uh, It's not a good affliction if you're working in a bank. And uh, my father encouraged me to go to college. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I enrolled in college, I lost my federally subsidized daycare. So I fell back. My fallback was uh, women from the church, Mm -hmm. some stay-at-home moms. Sometimes I had evening classes. There were teens in the community. And people stepped up and cared for my children uh, in a way that the the government refused to do, at, at least at the low cost. And, uh, again, walking with us from dependence to independence instead of keeping us dependent and just, you know, needing our daily need but not helping us out of our situation. So that's, the, that's really the discussion of the book, Restoring the Shattered. How did you get lifted out of poverty? There was a lot of encouragement, and it came in a lot of different forms. There was people meeting our daily needs, and we did get occasional government assistance. I I never got cash assistance because at the time, when you got cash assistance in the state of Pennsylvania, they put a lien on your house if you owned property. And I did own a house, very very small house with a leaky roof at the time, but it was still our house. And I didn't want that on top of student loans. Mm -hmm. There were times when people would drop food off on our front porch, to be a knock on the door at Christmas time, and a Christmas card with a check in it from someone in the Sunday school class. Mm-hmm. I, I ran into a friend of mine one time. We were out getting Santa Claus pictures, something I did every year for about 16 or 17 years. Uh, my older kids were not happy about that uh, in their later years, but um, as long as the younger ones still believed in Santa, we went for Santa Claus pictures. Mm-hmm. And apparently Santa wouldn't take a check. And this friend lent me uh, lent me ten dollars, and I tried to pay it back. She wouldn't let me. 
there were little things that people did. There were big things people did. There was a, a guy who would come and help set up the trains under the Christmas tree with my kids. Mm-hmm. There was a guy who came and put a basketball ring uh, in our driveway for my kids. And people really circled around us. When I went to school, there were uh, people who encouraged me, uh, suggestions about how to study. Um, I had a friend who was a single mother also going back to school. So there were, again, people walking with you. Uh, the government tends to send you a check in the mail or uh, you used to have to pick them up at the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, now there are e-cards for your food stamps. It's very impersonal. And there are times when people will look down on you. I remember a time I went into the bank, and I was employed by this bank, but the lady behind the counter didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm here with my food stamps. I had one of my kids with me. And as soon as I said food stamps, her entire demeanor changed. And I wanted to say something to her. She was treating me very badly. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to say something to her, but my son hadn't noticed. And I didn't want to call his attention to it. So I didn't say anything. And things like that happened a few times. You see that look in somebody's eye where you are just the scum that they wish they could scrape off their shoe because you are on welfare. And that isn't something that's going to lift people up. That's going to hold people down because they're going to eventually see themselves the way you see them. And they'll assume they're not liftable. But when you walk with people and you encourage them and you can get your degree, you can get a better job, and you can get, you can go forward in life, that's the kind of help that you get from other Christians and you don't really get it from the government. That's the difference. How are you actively involved with uh, the people that are in need? In, yeah. Well, uh, one of the things that I want to do in line with... Uh, my my views about helping make a community of churches. It, we have a small group at our church, and we we collect for uh, the food pantry that's located in that church. We we collect shoes for the ministry that's located in that church. Mm-hmm. And throughout the year, we'll have a little drive that says, "Hey, thus and such a church is doing this. Let's help them out." So. There's a really neat ministry across town that basically has a shoe store where anybody in need can come in twice a year. Anybody 18 and under, older, 18 and younger can come in and get a pair of shoes, two pairs of socks, and that gets you. They, they want sneakers. They, you know, the tendency might be in the summertime if we're collecting for somebody who wants to go out and buy flip flops. But you know, we want sneakers that kids can. Can wear and that fills a real need. Now you can't buy shoes for kids with food stamps. Mm-hmm. So that that kind of ministry, there's a really neat ministry in our town. I didn't have anything to do with it, but it's um, two pastors got together and said, you know what, we should get ministry leaders around our city together every Sunday morning mm-hmm. to pray, pray for our city, pray that we can only make a difference in our city. Yeah. It went from two guys to thirty six guys. Wow. Uh, well, not just guys either. It's, it's different denominations, and it's, it's people coming together saying, how can we pray for our city? Uh, in August, 
um, there's probably 100, 150 people met with these pastors in front of one of the schools and prayed for all the schools in our county. There are ministries popping up in the inner city. I'm working with the Nehemiah Project in my city, and one of the churches bought an, oh, an abandoned elementary school. And they are looking to start after-school programs. They had a feeding program last summer. And they're, again, looking to reach out into the community, figure out how they can walk with people to meet their needs and to lift them up. How do you use the imagery of shattered glass to illustrate the brokenness within us? Well, that that's a... It was a, an idea that came to me that at first didn't seem like it would work, and but it wouldn't it wouldn't go away. <laughs> so, so I worked with it, and the idea is that we are each a piece of glass, and some of us have cracks in us, and that the light can shine through the glass, but only if we lift the light up. And God places the light, the pieces of glass, in a pattern. In a window, like a stained glass window, mm-hmm. the light shines through the window, and the world can see the picture of what the church is supposed to be. But when we're a cracked or shattered piece of glass sitting on the ground, we are not able to convey light. We have to be repaired and lifted up into the window. So, so the window represents the church, the different shades of glass that make the picture, different denominations. And again, there are authentic reasons that the denominations agree that true Christ followers, there is a schism in the Church today between those who would reject a sound doctrine of who Christ was, is, and what he came to do, what he actually did, and what he's going to do in the future, what the Holy Spirit's doing today. There are people who would choose to ignore that and reach out in social ministry. They are willing to try to lift people up, but they're not offering that healing and that restoration. The other side of the Church is willing, sometimes reluctant, to to reach out and lift people up, lest we look like that other side. Mm -hmm. And I'm suggesting that we can be the side that lifts up and restores people, brings them healing, brings them restoration into the window, and lets them shine light back out into the community. Because once you go from being dependent to being independent, you can reach back, and you can walk with others. You can say, hey, I used to be where you are. I can walk with you and show you the way of independence. And that's what the Church can do more effectively than anybody else. Would you mind telling our listeners what a service fair is? And well, the, service, yeah, the service fair is a project we started last year. at the. It's called the Right Place for Kids because it used to be the right school, and it was W-R-I-G-H-T named after someone, I I assume, in the education community. And so now it's the right place for kids, and it's um, headed up by the Nehemiah Project in our city. And last year we did a service fair Mm -hmm. where we we used the right place facility. They had bouncy houses. We uh, We blew up the bouncy houses and let the kids come in for free to bounce in the bouncy houses. We coordinated with several different businesses in town who donated food, and for money so that we could buy food. So we offered free food to the community that day, and we invited ministries to come in and set up a table. And if you wanted to go to the bounty houses, you, you could get the food outside, and you came in to go to the bounty houses, mm-hmm. or just came in to see what we had. You walked past the uh, people representing the Crisis Pregnancy Center, 
people representing all sorts of different ministries. We had a, a, a guy here dealing with uh, porn addiction. We had a guy here dealing with security in uh, churches and public buildings. We had all kinds of different ministries. We had a local Christian school here. So you can come and see what is available for the kind of help that you might need or that your neighbor might need. And that uh, service fair this year, we're expanding into uh, a volleyball tournament in the evening, a service fair, an auction to raise money for the right place, a basketball tournament, and there's a church in uh, in the right place uses the, the building for Sunday mornings, uh, hoping that they'll come on board, do something Sunday, an entire weekend of activities to draw people into the community, to help them find out what help is, which ministries are available, feeding ministries, um, helping ministries, helping with children. I'd like to uh, invite senior senior services in this year. Uh, so basically from, from the womb to the grave kind of ministries where people can just set up a table and pass out information. So that's, a, that's the service fair. We're also having a petting zoo this year. So things to draw in the community, let them know, hey, this church does this and this church does that. And to be a community of churches offering help to anybody who needs it, that's a service fair. What are you currently working on? Well, we're, we're gearing up for the service fair this year. Mm-hmm. We are uh, getting ready. We're, we're starting to compile the, the flyer that we'll pass out to donors and one uh, to donors and vendors. So the donors, people will just write us a check. The vendors, people who want to come and set up a table and to present their ministries. Uh, we're lining things up like that, and we're organizing the, the tournaments the, Friday evening, Saturday afternoon, and we're asking for donations to the auction. So so it's turned into a much bigger deal, which is exciting, mm-hmm. uh, a little scary, uh, as always, but um, we think it can be a really neat event that we can do yearly and the community can begin to look forward to it and, and be eager to participate in it. Where can people get your book? Well, I'm on uh, barnesandnoble.com, Nancy E. Head, at, uh, and the book is Restoring the Shattered, Illustrating Christ's Love Through the Church in One Accord. Uh, it's on Amazon, it's on Barnes & Noble, and I have a blog, nancyehead.com, and at the end of every blog post, there's a link to the Barnes & Noble page. Is there anything else you would like to add? Just to uh, look around and figure out who your neighbor is and don't look down on your neighbor Mm -hmm. because your neighbor's probably walked somewhere that maybe you haven't been or maybe somewhere you have been and you've recovered. So we can reach out to our neighbor. We can make a difference. Thank you so much for the interview. It was an honor and you have a great rest of the week.